this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? This is not uh, this is not a good way to do a podcast, but uh, it's what I'm doing. I'm stressed out. I'm a mess. I've done something wrong. I feel really shitty about it. And sometimes, for me, um, a convenient way to get rid of the stress, the the anger with myself, is to talk about it. And uh, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you right now. Holding the uh, iPhone in my hand, it's not a good idea. It means I'm only driving with one hand. I'm on the 401 East. Uh, Heading home. I was on here last night when I picked up my son at the airport. And then uh, this morning dropped him off at a friend's house because they're going camping for three days. Out, in the, out somewhere, I don't know. It sounded like they needed a paddleboard to get to the campsite. I have no idea. I, I'm not sure he did, but anyway. <clears throat> he flew in from Vancouver, Porter Airlines. And uh, because I had picked up Chris at the airport, I felt, well, I should pick up my own son. Uh, the difference was Kenji wasn't arriving until 9.15, 9.30... And, of course, it was going to be dark the whole time. And I don't handle dark well now uh, when I'm driving. It's just not good. I'm hoping when I have the uh, surgery... I'm just putting the bell away. I'm hoping when I have the surgery that it, it will do what they promise, improve my night vision. But for now, it's terrible. 401 is always under reconstruction so the part I'm driving now is very rough the lines aren't always painted so you're driving at night and you don't even have those lines to guide you and trucks are blasting past at 110 it's nerve-wracking and I was totally stressed and it wasn't good to pick up my son already stressed Uh, and what made it worse was the light indicating out of gas went on on the way there showing me I had 22 kilometers and I'm thinking gosh to get back home it's more than that and I was ready to gamble I think they never let they don't want you to run out so they lie when they say you've only got this many kilometers you've always got more but that's a that's a stupid man's thinking and of course I'm a stupid man too often like today so anyway with Kenji beside me Kenji said dad you need gas it was down to 11 kilometers 8 kilometers 4 kilometers so he looked up on my phone uh, the nearest SO and it was conveniently located on Young Street so we filled up the tank made it home safely all is well and then today my response duty. This is for number one son, just flying in, pick him up, take him to his friend's place the next morning, and then between 11.45 a.m. and noon, be at the Apple store at Sherway Gardens. Now, Sherway Gardens is um, not close. I, You know, it's easy enough to get to, 401, 427. It's down on Lakeshore Boulevard. Ah. <sighs> I thought I'd do a more interesting way through um, Scarborough, St. Clair, Don Valley Parkway, Lakeshore, you know. And that was fine. I got us there. But the thing is, my wife, Naoko, dear Naoko, said, Oh, what time do you have to be there? And I, what time do you have to leave? I said, i got to leave at 10.30. And she said, Oh, that's not enough time. So clearly she wanted to go. And I got hung up on the fact, now I've got to be there at this time frame. Now, in real time, and anybody listening to this show 
would say, fuck Apple. My son just paid about two grand for a new iPhone 15. This business of waiting till it's ready, it's there. If I'm a little late, it doesn't matter. But in Ken Bull's fucking stupid brain, I have to be there on time. Sorry. So, she said, can you wait 15 minutes? Okay, yeah, I can do it. Then, you know, I've already factored in extra time. Not a problem, I can do it. And then number two son, Daniel, heading off to work. He needs his shower, so in he goes. And then my wife says, oh, well, uh, I don't have time now. We can't make it. And I stall, and I think, well, yeah, we can make it. And then we realized, no, Daniel takes quite a while when he has a shower. I, I, I'm if if I wait, I'm going to be late. And one voice, the voice I wasn't listening to or giving enough credence to, was saying, "Dude, it doesn't matter. Wait, it doesn't matter if you're late." For an Apple appointment to pick up a phone that's already paid for. It doesn't fucking matter. Wait. Bring your wife. Let her have a walk around the mall and see what it's like. She's never been there. And I don't. I go back into the house. I call out. She doesn't hear me. I go through this whole thinking process. Knowing knowing, knowing it's wrong to go without her, but I go without her, and I'm so disappointed. So the whole time I'm driving there, I'm thinking, well, you know what you could do. Now you know the route. You could just turn around, go home, and drive back. Offer to drive her back. Which really seems kind of silly. And she'll probably say, no, not. there's no reason to go now before you had a reason you're picking up your son's phone but not now not that you've already been just once it's not important I know she's going to say all that and I'll say no it's okay really I don't mind and of course I don't mind but it's just like why didn't I do it right the first time why why do why do I make mistakes like that and it was a mistake it wasn't important to be on time for fucking apple I waited in a long line, you know. They were more or less on time. But by the time I left, there was no line left and wouldn't have mattered at all. And I, I just feel bad about that. I just feel bad about doing stupid things. I feel bad about getting older. And I guess that's what it was last night when I picked up Kenji. I, I was flustered that... Yuki came out the front door and, of course, sat in the driveway behind the car. And that just... I can't leave now to get him. I've got to get Yuki in again. I I can't have her there. Go back, get some treats. You know, coax her back into the house, close the door. And I'm already just stressed out about driving in the dark. It's really bothering me before I've even left home. And it was stressful, and it was it was not a good thing to do, and I won't do that again. But why do I put myself... Aren't I supposed to be cool and laid back and mature, and I got my shit together now, and I know what I'm doing, man. You know, and here's me letting Apple rule the day. Apple schedule. This is the time you pick up your phone. Sure, it was efficient for them. And sure, I'm the kind of person who wants to be on time all the time. But this was a case when it didn't fucking matter. So I just had to get that out of my system. It's like I'm, a, I'm apologizing to, I don't know, I guess to my wife. I mean, I'll go back and I'll say, look, would you like to go tomorrow? And I'll drive her there Sunday. And the drive coming, you know, through the city, you know, the view we never get. It's no big deal, but... I mean, I mean, she's not fretting about it, but I am, because I know... I said I can't wait, and, I, and, and that was for the wrong reasons. Just to be an obedient servant. 
anyway, I, I mean, I can say I did the right thing in terms of I promised my son I'd pick it up, and I did, you know, anyway, I'll leave it there, I got a lot more to say, but I, I'm just, I, I'm just, maybe it's in the presence of my elder son, who was really cautioning me about my drive. Dad, you're going too slow. you got to drive at the right speed. And guiding me to that gas station and trying to calm me down because I was stressed. And I felt really old, and I guess that's what's bothering me. And I've noticed my walking, it's not as easy as it seemed to be two weeks ago when I said, hey, guess what? I can go for a walk, 45-minute walk. Well, break into two sections, 22 minutes each way, but I can do it. And just yesterday, I guess, when I did it, it just seemed a little harder. And so I am worried about the future and getting old and being more dependent. That all sucks. And it's funny because the weekend camping with Chris and Gordon on uh, Presqu'île, it was so loose and so fun, and I felt like my old self. I don't know what it's telling me. Anyway, I mean, I felt young. We partied. I was up till 2, 3 in the morning. No problem. Hey, this is fun. Get high. Drink some beer. Drink some wine. Make stupid jokes. Do the play, George and the Joe. Have fun. Have a laugh. I can still do that, but I don't know. For some reason, that drive just took everything out of me, made me, reminded me. You're old, man. You can't do things like you used to. All right, you get the point. I'll bounce back. By the end of this podcast, I'll be just fine and dandy. Oh, yeah, I'll be fine and dandy. Just give me a little time. Scarborough Dude signing out from the 401. Just hitting North York. Bye for now. Boom, boom. Ding dong. It's the uh, Walker Bell. That means I'm out for my walk in uh, Burkdale Ravine. Once again, I've gone just a little bit further, one bench further, because uh, the bench in the distance was in the shade. And that's where I'm sitting now on this Sunday, September 24th. My God. August is gone. September's almost gone. A week from today... I'll be leaving uh, the Wooby family cottage. Very excited about going to, uh, after, you know, insisting he invite me again, um, the idea of going and uh, spending a night Saturday at uh, the Wooby cottage and having a conversation with uh, Francis, who uh, I enjoy engaging in conversation with. Anyway, that's in the future. This is now, and I guess I'll probably finish this podcast before I leave there, because right after I check out of the uh, Wooby Cottage, I'm heading over to um, Bon Echo Provincial Park, a favorite, which is only half an hour away uh, from where I'll be with Francis, and uh, book myself two nights because summer is wrapping up. And I've just got to get in a little more time. I did that last night. I just thought, wait a minute now. It's a long drive for one night just to go and stay at a friend's cottage. Let's uh, make this into a uh, a bit of a, a journey like I've been doing all summer. So notified now, go. Um, I'm going to a cottage and then I'm going camping. And she was just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that'll, so that'll be good. So anyway, that's the future. Why am I talking about the future? Um, I just listened to the preceding clip. I listened actually twice, wondering, do I even dare post this? And after listening, I thought, yeah, that was real at the time. I want to wrap that bit up. Um, When I got home, 
with the phone, Kenji's iPhone, remember, that's what it was about, preceding clip, um, I told Nelkoy, I could, if you want to go, I'll, uh, I'll happily take you there. No, no, not interested at all. No, that doesn't matter. So it was never important to her. It was just something, oh, if I was going, yeah, maybe she'd tag along. Um, she, in fact, when I got back, was sleeping. And she's been working very hard, as I've said many times on this show, with seniors. And it's exhausting work. And um, so she was just tired. And she spent uh, the Saturday just catching up on her rest. And uh, that was better than uh, traipsing around a uh, a giant shopping mall. So, you know, I mean, I, I, that was really, uh, I guess, what we'd call much ado about nothing. But that's what was playing in my head. It was very real at the time when I felt bad. So it's a... Yeah, I mean, this podcast is about me. I mean, what else is it about? And just to share the ups and downs, the swings of moods, the things that can set you off. And then, bam, you have another perspective. And, oh, that was real then. It's not real now. And it just was kind of, I made it very important. And really, in the scheme of things, it was totally insignificant. It just didn't feel that at the time. What was real was the scariness of the drive in the dark to Pearson Airport. That was no exaggeration. While I was driving, I mean, I'm gripping the steering wheel and, and you know, you're racing along at speed and your phone keeps telling you it, it hasn't caught up with all the changes and diversions on the 401. So it's telling you, you're getting the left lane and you're knowing, no, 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 i got to stay here. Uh, and uh, so on. Anyway, that also is behind us. So where are we now? Well, when my son came back, he gave me two little gifts. Now, sometimes I get confused. And again, the part I talked about being old and how it sucks. I know that my memory is really, well, it's it's always been bad. Uh, but I would say worse than average in terms of somebody, do you remember this thing? And, you know, sometimes I can come back with a thing, but on my own, I wouldn't get it. I'm relieved when I hear other people much younger than me saying their memory is faulty too. It just it just goes. Um, so, and it's funny because some things are just so clear. Um, anyway, <laughs> now <laughs> I don't remember why I'm bringing that up about the memory. Hmm, what was it? Uh, because I've been I've been replaying in my head. Oh, I know I I picked up a book. Uh, at the library, I told it was about anthropologists. I'm finding it very interesting. It's sort of going back to almost uh, Victorian times, I guess, when the British were studying ethnosis, ethno, ethnos. <sighs> what were they studying? Uh, but anyway, it was anthropology that it became that. But ethnicity, sorry, uh, you had that one. That was an easy one. Um, and another part of the memory is the words, you know, missing the words. It's very interesting reading about people. And so, you know, I'm reading about going to Morocco in 1888 or something and, and what it was like then. You know, no roads. This is an exotic country, not that far from London. My God, they're in a different world. So it's fascinating reading as for memory, I'm as I'm reading the book, I'm enjoying every bit of it, and I'm getting all these pictures in my mind. But if you asked me the name of, you know, a traveler before in the preceding chapter, okay, Rivers is a name. <laughs> it's very hard to piece it. I'm not reading because I'm studying for a test and I have to write this. I'm reading for the experience of reading at the time and conjuring up these pictures. So when I read Morocco, wow, my acid trip comes back. My traveling with the partner and, and the reason I didn't go to Marrakesh because my partner, a traveling buddy at the time that I picked up in Spain, I guess, or no, in Greece, started traveling with him in Greece. We went to uh, the caves of Madela together. Um, he got sick and had completely ran out of money and I was bankrolling him uh, until his mother paid me off at a train station in London. Um, unhappily, because he, I only found out later he had just run away from home. They really didn't know where he was. 
(laughs) Anyway, those memories come back, rich and full and and vivid. Uh, He was the one who encouraged me to take the LSD. Yeah, it's easy, I've done it. And turned out he hadn't, and then freaked out uh, on the beach when we had two men approaching us, who I later realized were probably... They were just Moroccan police, but they were wearing full jalaba, 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 I think it's called, uh, just the gowns, and had a gun pointed at us. And that was no exaggeration. They had just, you know, waist level, just pointed, all right, who are these four or five guys on the beach uh, freaking out in the middle of the night? Uh, And it was only Peter, my friend, who was literally freaking out and demanding to see their papers and... and, uh, and doing the whole full British thing. I'm a British citizen, and uh, you can't tell me what to do. And we're trying our best to calm him down. Anyway, memories like that are still with me, so it's not all, not all is lost. Uh, and now, uh, when Kenji arrived, so we'll get back to my son's arrival, uh, there were parcels that had been delivered from Amazon, On one of the parcels was a digital scale meant for me. And I wasn't quite sure why I needed a digital scale. Uh, and the other parcel was a book called Your Psilocybin, Your Psilocybin Mushroom Companion, an informative, easy-to-use guide to understanding magic mushrooms, from tips and trips to microdosing and psychedelic therapy, uh, by somebody called Michel Janikian, I think. Um, it's very good. And and it was a wonderful gift. Uh, and, of course, he had already gifted me the mushrooms, which I still hadn't used. And I said, well, I don't know what quantities, and that's why he's given me a scale and a guidebook. So uh, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, who knows when, if I will ever take those. Uh, I know I will want to sometime, but I, it's got to be set and setting. You have to be. If you're going to take mushrooms, I'm thinking, gee, camping tree, you know, Bon Echo a couple of nights. But doing it alone in a campsite, you know, if you, you don't know where these mushrooms are going to take you, uh, and that's probably not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Yeah, so probably we're not going to do that. Anyway, uh, that, this is just kind of bringing you up to date. It's uh, it's a new day. I'm feeling just fine. I don't know what all the fuss was about yesterday, other than buried deep in me. And Chris again reminded me. I'm really hard on myself. I I do. There's a part of me that thinks and maybe even knows I'm not a very nice person. And I know that's stupid. And this is something that's something of my British heritage in there that's that's holding me up to some standard. Something deep inside is constantly judging me. And somebody like Chris, he, he's just accepting of who he is. And Chris is Chris is a good time boy. He's a good man. He's, he's very, boy, he's got principles and uh, an iron will and, and very different from me in, in uh, many, many respects. Uh, and that came out in, during the time we spent together, getting to know each other. That's part of what, you know, sharing time with friends is, uh, especially when you're open and, and that's what you want to do. I want to know this person better. So a lot of probing questions and so on. So I, I that was uh, enlightening and, and interesting. Uh, but at the same time, in, in return, we're saying, hey, you're, you're just too hard on yourself. And I've heard that before from other people. And, and like I say, I just don't quite know where it comes from. But yesterday uh, in the preceding clip was kind of an example. I've done something wrong. Well, really, I, I hadn't. You know, it was just thing, hey. But I made it into, uh, it's it's to do with selfishness and self-centered and being inconsiderate. And, and maybe I am a bit of all those things. And I certainly look after me, but I, I seem to look after me with a, a certain degree of guilt. Anyway, we're going to park that too, because you've heard that before and it probably gets tiring on your end of, oh my God, here he goes again. So, uh, yeah, I I think I'll just end it there. I'm going to continue my walk. It's another beautiful Sunday. I love this fall weather. There's a gentle breeze. Nothing for me is better. And the sun's shining and just a light breeze. Uh, Cool enough, just in a t-shirt. That's just great. Uh, I will get back home 
I will get back on the deck. My wife has made uh, made last night for my son. Didn't get home till midnight. My other son um, made a, a wonderful uh, Japanese-style rice curry, which is always a treat. So I will have a bowl of that when I get home. Something to look forward to. And um, carry on with the day. Tuesday is men's group. I will probably record report back on... Uh, what we did there. But that'll be in an upcoming clip, not in this one. In this one, we're going to ring the fucking bell and say goodbye. But uh, thank you, those of you out there who are listeners, including, shout out to, uh, I've mentioned him before, tried to refer to him as Singapore Sam. It never quite stung, stuck. Maybe it stung. Uh, But, of course, and and Thailand Tom didn't work at all, but uh, we'll just say Rob. A guy who's got a wonderful, beautiful B&B in uh, northern Thailand. If you're ever uh, interested in traveling, hook me up and I'll tell you how to get a hold of of Rob. Uh, But he has his own little escape cottage. And uh, he will always tell me if there's something wrong with the feed or I haven't put a podcast out this week, I will hear from Rob. And so, Rob... Uh, I am very grateful, and I thank you for listening. It it, it means a great deal and, and encourages me any bit of feedback like that just to keep on going uh, because sometimes <laughs> I start to question. But uh, knowing that somebody is uh, in Thailand maybe a little bit buzzed, which makes it a better listen, uh, and uh, enjoying this show. So uh, shout-outs and thank yous. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, the Burkdale Ravine here in beautiful downtown... Well, suburban Scarborough. Bye-bye. I think that's my favorite ring. That's the little bell with the, uh, the paisley pattern on it. So that means, of course, you know, and I know, I'm in the Toyota. And uh, I'm parked, I guess you'd call it downtown. I'm looking at the CN Tower and just a bunch of TD Tower, a bunch of buildings, new stuff going up. An area I am not familiar with, it's actually, I'm in the Distillery District. If you're from or around Toronto, you know where the Distillery District is. And um, I'm parked. I haven't uh, paid my green pee yet. I'm just sitting in the car waiting a little bit. It's 10.30 in the a.m. on September 29th. It's another lovely fall day. And uh, I'm here to meet Connie and uh, John. John the photographer. Um... To do a rock handover. I, I just recently received the rock uh, from uh, Chris, who brought it from Vancouver, who got it from Bruce. Um, and I'm going to give it to Connie because Connie, in a couple of weeks, I think, is heading to Spain, first to Barcelona. I'm pretty sure the rock has been before. And then to um, the Camino, the the special walk, the hike, the pilgrimage you do around Spain. Connie has done this before, but uh, when she found out I, the rock was in Toronto, she said, hey. And um, Bruce has already met Connie, and he gave the okay, of course. Uh, and uh, Connie is a very trustworthy person, so there are no worries about what's going to happen to the rock. But I would like to brief Connie just a little bit. So that's the purpose of meeting this morning, uh, 11 o'clock, at a coffee shop close to where I'm parked. Fortunately, well, I was just lucky to find one parking spot. It's uh, busy. I forget how crowded Toronto is. But it was a great little drive. I I took the, uh, the, to me, was the easiest route, you know, uh, Kingston Road, Girard... Uh, Woodbine, and then along Lakeshore East, and eventually get to the uh, signs pointing to the distillery district. This is the historic area where there used to be distilleries, so they've kept some of the old buildings that was used in many films, you know, sort of going back to the 1800s or whatever, and that's become a bit of a tourist attraction now. 
uh, and handy for people living in the condos around here, which I believe is where Connie lives. So anyway, 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 that's all the backdrop. That's why I'm here. But I thought I'd take advantage of this um, time. I always give myself lots of extra time when I'm due to go anywhere. It's just my nature um, to to be sure nothing would go wrong. Because I am kind of a a wound-up, uptight person, as much as I really hate to admit that, you know. Water up here, chill, I've told you that before. Um, I'm nervous, and I think more so as you get older. Like, this, just this business of driving downtown. Oh, this is new. Okay, make sure you got the route. Check the routes. All right. And then, of course, relying totally on your phone. In two kilometers, make a right turn onto Lakeshore East. Okay, good, got that. It's very reassuring. But I'm I'm really starting to feel older. And not just older, like hunched and bent over, but older like, boy, the brain isn't as sharp at all. I mean, I can still do my wordles and quirtles and, you know make appropriate comments and not embarrass myself socially and, you know, uh, only one occasion, which you all heard about, shitting my pants. But uh, it's just a, a feeling that you've you've got to push back against that everything just seems a little bit, I don't know if harder is the right word, but it involves more mental prep, maybe? I don't know. But it's... Ugh. It's not fun, but it's a reality I have to face up to. And and my son, who's been visiting us, uh, Kenji, the one who lives in Vancouver, was, you know, quick to point out, Dad, you know, you've really aged. I, I've already done the bit about the drive from the airport and how stressful that was. But he says, look, I, I've, I see the changes. I don't see you all the time. You might not see the changes because it's every day. And my other son living at home might not notice, but I see it. And just this step of going from cane to needing a walker, which basically is is saying um, there's going to be another step ahead. And I would guess, although I don't want to admit it, don't want to own up to it, don't even want to think about it, maybe the time will be coming when you're going to need a wheelchair. Uh, you know, motorized or otherwise, and you know, and and that's that's really frightening. Uh, that's a possibility. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm coming there yet. My uh, neurologist was pointing out, um, you know, you you you. She didn't say decay, but your regression. I don't know. Whatever you need, it, it's it's happening slowly. It's not like suddenly there's this change. But I notice I'm I'm a little clumsier, even with my hands. And today was the day I decided I'd put all my pills. I've got these little... I put in, let's see, seven, ten pills into these tiny little boxes with lids. And just the dexterity involved in getting them into the right box and closing the lid, I know that sounds like, yeah, hey, that's easy. And it is, and I'm I'm very fastidious about it. I, you know, I want to get this right. I don't want to miss any, um, uh, you know, get it right. Give the right number of pills in each, each of the lid. And I just thought, you know, boy, one day that might become, you know, having the manual dexterity of your fingers. That that there's another whole set of nerves, you know, coming down, I guess, through your spine from the brain. Um, is that going to be affected down the way? But anyway, anyway, this is not pleasant. I'm sorry. But what it comes down to is my son sort of saying, Dad, you got to prepare for the future. you got to be thinking ahead. And, of course, you know it's my nature. I don't put things off. Now, everything's fine now. You know, I'll deal with that when I have to deal with that. And, of course, my wife, my dear wife, Nelka, was always on to me of, you know, you got to get rid of stuff. you got too much stuff. You don't need that stuff. And if you don't get rid of it, it's going to be left to us, and we won't know what to do. Instead of a, a, a warning, a caution, and uh, probably good advice. But I'm not there yet. I don't want to part with my books yet. I don't see the need yet. 
and that that's sort of an ongoing battle but I guess one of the things that's come up, and, I, and you know, this is premature to share with you, but I've been thinking, okay, okay, the time will come, yeah, when we have to sell because I, you know, won't be able to manage the stairs and so on. And my son's advice, which I think is good advice, is, Dad, don't sell the house. Stay there. Toronto's a great place to be. You've got everything there. Your wife has friends here, or my mother, your wife, Nalco. You know... Why don't you just think about fixing the house, adapting the house for future needs? For example, uh, wheelchair access, you know, a ramp to get into a door we don't use, sort of a door off the kitchen, and, and uh, a downstairs bathroom, and things like that. Reconfigure the entire kitchen, living room, dining room, tons of space in that house, and just take the money. Uh, his advice, of course, is sell your road check and use that money to do it, and my advice is, yeah, i still got to have a trip or two left on that road trek. I'm not ready to do that yet. Don't push me on the road trek. But, of course, that does come up, and the time will come. Uh, I just hope it's a couple of years away. Um, but, at any rate, that, we can park that for now, literally park that. I'm using it this weekend. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I just posted, boy, I'm due for another trip. And, and my thoughts are already next spring, late spring because of the snow, um, driving to Vancouver. Why, why don't you do that? One more trip across the country. And so that's already planted in my brain uh, as an exciting possibility. And, you know, get that under my belt. And then you can start thinking about maybe on the drive home. Unless you sell it in B.C. I don't think I want to do that. But, hey, who knows? Um, whether or not I do that and take that money and put it in the house or just simply remortgage the house or use a line of credit, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's not your business and it's not anything that has to be decided now. But the idea of staying in our house instead of moving to Kingston, as I mentioned, or, oh, Gananoque, or whatever, and starting completely new with no doctors, no friends, no connections. Why not stay in the house you are? It'll keep its value. And is a place for either of my sons to come back to, and, a, and, a, and it's stable for Naoko. And then if necessary, if we happen to move downstairs, hey... You could rent out those rooms upstairs. What a perfect place for students. It's close to the number nine bus. It's close to uh, Centennial College. It's going to be close to the new, well, whatever that is. Who knows? Uh, subway. Forget forget that, you know. But, uh, yeah, that will be eventually. There'll be a subway stop, McGowan and Lawrence. But it's certainly close to the GO train. It's convenient. It's gr a great location, a wonderful location, especially with the trees and a park behind us a ravine, a shopping mall, walking distance through the ravine. Anyway, I don't need to sell anybody on that. Um, but there's an interesting thought, you know. Um, extra income by renting out. Uh, we've got four rooms upstairs that don't need to be used. You could, you could easily convert one of them into uh, a kitchenette, you know, fridge, and so that people would have cut off access to the rest of the house you just come in the front door go upstairs and there's your room and uh, you could lock put locks you could uh, that's another bit of the uh, revamping uh, but that's easily doable um, but anyway I'm way way into the future but it's just it, it actually felt it, it, it bought me some time because I've I'm just holding on and not wanting to leave and this thought well you don't have to leave maybe so, as long as Naoko is on board with that, uh, I'm sure both my sons would be into it. I mean, it is keeping the investment, that we, the only investment we have is that house. Uh, yeah, so there, I didn't intend, I didn't want to share that with anybody, but it, you know me, I just blurt things out. And that's top of my mind, and sometimes vocalizing it is, is very helpful. And uh, so there you go. That was the result of a, a good one-hour walk with my son along the uh, pathway near our house where I used to bicycle along 
in years gone by. So um, that's it. I'm going to get out, take a little walk, go and look for the coffee shop we're supposed to meet at, but first of all, pay for my parking. So this is Scarborough Dude signing off. I was hoping to end this podcast um, before uh, meeting Mr. Wooby, you know, starting a fresh one, uh, talking about Francis Wooby when I'm at uh, Bon Echo Park. And uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. Scarborough Dude signing up from the Distillery District. The Distillery District. Bye for now. Oh, damn, I keep putting a phone away when I don't have to, but here it is, easily. Bye-bye. John just said, Connie doesn't make mistakes. So we're going to start her over. Uh, Connie is the next keeper of the rock. Quite an honor, but uh, Connie is a very honorable person. And she has taken it. She has done this walk, this Camino walk in Spain, which I know nothing about. So Connie's going to tell us a little bit about her uh, her experience and what's coming up. So I'm just going to turn it over to Connie. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I, uh, in 2013, with my friend Joan and I, we did the traditional um, walk in Spain. And, and it's, a, it's a, a pilgrimage. The roots are historically, it would be a, a spiritual or, or a religious pilgrimage um, to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And um, Santiago... Uh, is Spanish for St. James and it's where in the church there the relics or the bones of the Apostle James are kept and so the idea is is that if you take this pilgrimage you um, walk to Santiago um, you will be absolved of your sins and you will get to heaven so it's this spiritual or religious pilgrimage that historically has been taking place since medieval times wow and my friend Joan, in 2013, my friend Joan really wanted to do this, so I accompanied her. Um, I would say that I did not approach it as uh, for religious purposes, but uh, certainly it was a very spiritual journey in the end, I, I discovered. But um, yeah, we walked the first year in 2013, we walked from the French side of the Pyrenees Mountains all across Spain, and um, we walked for five weeks an average of 26 kilometers a day or 20 yeah 26 kilometers a day or 33 kilometers was our longest day um, to Santiago de Compostela which is towards the west coast of Spain um, in uh, Galicia what's the uh, English I'm trying to remember the there's it's got another name anyway in the in Galicia um, and in 2017 we walked a different route. There's there's all different routes to Santiago. The theory being that you start your pilgrimage the moment you step out of your home. Um, and so you can go from anywhere. We walked part of the Portuguese route, or the Camino Portuguese, um, from Porto, Portugal, to Santiago. So we walked along the coast to north of... Um, north to Spain. Fabulous. Yeah. So Fabulous. I think that was around 300 kilometers, and we did that over two and a half weeks, as I recall. Okay. It was very hot <laughs> that year. It was in the hundreds. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so this time around, um, we're, we're doing some vacation in Barcelona, and then we're going to the north of Spain to start in um, O'Farrell, and we're doing the Camino Anglaise. So this is the route that people coming from um, the UK would have, well, wouldn't, I don't know if it would be called the UK then, but mm. would have come across on their boats and then walked down to Santiago from, from the coast. So we're starting, we're going to be along the coast and walking south, I think, sort of southwest to Santiago. So the pilgrimage <clears throat> appeals to people from all over yeah. who are wanting to go to this particular yes. destination. Yes, yeah. So I mean, is. you know, some people have heard of it more than others. Yeah. Since we started walking in 2013, 
um, it has become popular with Americans. Yeah, the traditional route and it's become more busy, so or busier. So I haven't uh, seen exactly what it looks like on the main route, but I guess through social media, it's getting a lot of yeah, and and. Um, uh, is it Emilio Estevez had a movie called The Way. Uh-huh. Um, Camino translates into English as The Way uh-huh. or Way. Okay. And um, he had a movie that was somewhat popular uh-huh. in the States. And uh, it's actually a, it's a good movie. And uh, so that brought in a lot of Amer- Americans to the route. Right, right. Um, when we walked it, there were people from all over and notably from Korea, South Korea. Oh. And... So we wondered about that, but apparently once something is popular in Korea, it's sort of everybody yeah. wants to do it. Um, it's a small, smaller country, and everybody hears about everything, so something trends. So when and I was walking, it was trending with Koreans. And they're very Christian, too, right? Mm, strong, okay. Christianity is strong in Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I, I didn't know. Right. Yeah. Evangelical. So that would make sense. And apparently a woman had written a book that was published in Korea about okay. it. So um, a lot of people were there, which was very interesting. How yeah. long do you anticipate this uh, particular, once you leave Barcelona? Are you walking from Barcelona or you're going to another? We're, we're taking a small flight to the north. Okay. Um, so we are planning, it's, it's, the whole route is about 113 kilometers mm-hmm. and we're going to walk it in six days. I think it, we might be doing slightly longer. My friend Joan has it all mapped out. Um, but so this, uh, this yeah, is the same person you're traveling. Yes, each yeah, time. yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's very keen. She 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 uh, is our planner and she maps it all out for us. Good. And I've got my spreadsheet of list of <laughs> what we're doing each day. And, and you have a place to stay? Are there like pilgrimage spots or something along the way? There or? are hostels along the way. Okay. Um, in, they call them albergues, mm-hmm. albergue and. Uh, they're run by different organizations. So some are run by the churches, some are run um, by municipalities, and some are privately run. The ones that are um, from the churches and the municipalities, you can't book them in a- ahead of time. Uh-huh. So you sort of have to just show up and hope that you have space. And at the end of the day, you're yep. hoping you've got a place yeah, to stay. Yeah. Wow. So that's part of the... Um, adventure (laughs) I would say Uh, you know I would say my longest day on the first Camino walk was 33 kilometers and that was because we got to town and there was no room left at the end and so we had to keep walking when you know when you're tired or whatever but um, I would say cell phones have certainly changed it over time we we didn't really have a lot of internet access our first time around Um, but people can certainly book ahead to the private spots right. um, now, and people will just call ahead and book the next day. Does your friend Joan know that you're bringing the rock? Uh, no, I haven't told her so yet. So you'll have to explain carefully yes. about that. Now, what will you tell her about? what? Because this is my yeah. little quiz to you. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. What will you tell her about the rock? <laughs> what is this thing, This Connie? thing. Yeah. Well, this is a very precious item to to i know to you ken mm-hmm. um it has been all over the world and yes. been handed from person to person and um so yeah um maybe you can tell me more about the rock <laughs> <laughs> well first of all it's spelled with a capital r just so okay. we know to distinguish it from other rock. stones okay. and pebbles right that people find. yeah uh it has been in motion since 1980 I guess when I got back from Nigeria we found at the Bay of Fundy and so on but yeah. uh, most of my listeners know that already um, the number one issue about the rock is don't lose the rock yeah. but of course <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that would bring a lot of bad karma on somebody probably yeah. on me for you know for handing it over for handing it over <laughs> you know people like to blame me for things anyway um, so that's that's a big part yeah. of it um the rock does like to have its picture taken and you know special there might be special places along the way that are sacred or have some meaning Mm -hmm. so anytime you can either hold it in your hand carefully so as not to drop it yeah um to take a picture or have somebody else take the picture okay Uh, it's been to syria it's been to a number of odd places lebanon where it sometimes gets put on top of another rock 
and has its picture taken and okay. maybe a little bit of context. And you could send those if you had internet access. You could send those anytime okay. to me, but or when you get home and we'll update because The Rock has its own Facebook page. Okay. It's called Friends of the Rock. Yes, I'm on that Facebook. You're page. on that yeah. page, so yeah. you will see yourself on there soon oh, enough. Okay. <laughs> and uh, today I will post yeah. a picture. John, we have a photographer with us here solely for this purpose. Yeah. Uh, he's given us a fair rate and so yeah. on. Uh, who will take a picture of the hand, okay. official handover. There's always a handover, and we like to make a bit of ceremony. Yeah. That's why I'm wearing a nice hat today, and you're wearing your orange shirt. Yeah. Why is the purpose of the orange yeah, shirt? Let's get is, in there. This is for um, Orange Shirt Day to um, commemorate uh, children who have been in um, residential schools, um, First Nations children who have been in residential schools, and uh, it's also, tomorrow is also Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada, mm -hmm. so it's sort of commemorating both Right. Both events, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So I think that's about it. And the main rule, I've, I've given you a spreadsheet of where the rock has yes. been. I said there will be no tests. There's no need to read any of it, but Bruce thought you should have It was that. very interesting. I did well, look at it. It has, yeah. it has traveled, and it does have a history. And it's, uh, I believe uh, it's it, it's kind of, I don't know what the word is. It's, a, it's an icon. It's a totem. It, it means mm. something to... Mm -hmm what I call a tribe, the Dixon Jane's tribe, and it's, uh, it's yeah. quite far-flung and widely spread, and it's wonderful having somebody new to become a keeper of the rock, oh, and wow. especially to take it on what is a, you know, a, a sort of a holy pilgrimage, hmm. and so on, and you'll make of that what you will for yourself. Yes. But uh, I, that's I, special. I will, I just to interject, yeah. um, when I did my first Camino walk, it's traditional to carry a rock or a stone well. with you. Wow. Um, and I did carry a rock from Toronto. Now, did it originate in Toronto? I think it originated from Nova Scotia, actually. It was one that I had. Well. And the idea being that you are carrying a stone with you, carrying yeah. a burden. Uh-oh. And uh -oh. when you get there, uh -oh. <laughs> you leave uh -oh. the burden behind. Now, and there's a, a giant... Um, cross and yes. and um, people over the years have left so many stones there that they actually nowadays say don't bring a stones to oh. leave them behind. Oh, <laughs> what a relief because I was just about to say, all right, Connie, you're bringing two rocks with you on this trip. One with a small well, arm, I, one with a I'm, capital I'm not, I'm not carrying another rock. This, okay. this will be it and I will not leave rock, right. the rock behind. But, so I think um, you, you have enough yeah. now to explain to Joan this is very important. Yes, and, and, yes. Uh, and I think she had one at the lightly. time too the last time as yeah. well. So, oh, well, that's good to yeah. know. So you're an experienced rock carrier, rock carrier yes. on this special yes, journey. I, I this is, this is you're, you're looking better and better on this thing, Connie. This is excellent. So very happy. Now, I will point out the rock does travel with bags now. Yes. It didn't used to, but um, this little green bag, which I really love, I, I refer to this as its little sleeping bag. It's a okay. cozy, it is a Zune bag given to me from uh, the Rickster, uh, a Canadian uh, who's well known amongst the podcasting community anywhere he used to be until he went and worked for what's that evil empire what's the company pardon me yes um, so anyway okay. it's perfect it fits here now when my friend Robin took the rock to um, Australia she took it to uh, three places Australia was one of them some other far-flung place, I can't remember, and Thailand to meet uh, Harold, who was one of the rock keepers from way back, uh, also known as the Barstool Buddha. Um, this woman in uh, Gold Coast, Australia, thought the rock needed another bag for safekeeping. So there was a bit of uncertainty about that. I've grown to really like this bag. It's a beautiful color. And it's just one more layer of protection against scratches and so on. And, of course, there's no weight to it. Uh, I think it goes really well with the green. I think that's just by design. It's perfect. So Robin has decided this should also travel with the okay. rock. So it's, it's much safer that way. When you take a picture, of course, you would take it out of both the bags. Okay. <laughs> so that we see the bare rock. But uh, if you don't mind okay. taking both. Bruce says he refuses to travel with any bags. So oh, if that's okay. his opinion. That's yeah. fine. No problem there. But uh, I think most other keepers will be quite happy to have that layer of protection. So any questions, Connie, before you take on this uh, responsibility? Ooh, 
I don't think so. I guess we'll have to, when I get back, arrange for me to hand it back to you. Yes, we'll do um, that. We can sort that out. I get back on the 20, late at night on the 22nd so of October. So, yeah. October. yeah, I leave on October 7th. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, sometime in late October... I will have the rock again, which will be fine. I'll be happy to get it back. But uh, I was originally going to go to Lowell, Massachusetts for this Kerouac gathering. I'm, oh. I've canceled this year because my yeah. friends have canceled. And I'm very happy that the rock instead is going to something that's even more exciting because oh. it's already been to Lowell. Yeah. And uh, so I thank you, Connie. And uh, without further ado, I'll get John to take a picture. Um, that's why John is here. Let, <laughs> and I'm even going to make him use our phone. So uh, thank you for that. That's excellent. Thank you. Well, I'm very excited to be walking with The Rock. Excellent. Thank you. Time, he's waiting in the wings. He speaks of senseless things. His script is you and me. Time, he flexes like a whore, falls wanking to the floor. His trick is you and me, boy. Time, in quaaludes and red wine, demanding Billy Dolls and other friends of mine, take your time. The sniper is. Yeah.